happy Father's Day, everybody. <laughs> well, I just want to welcome you all here today, and I'm glad you all came out here today. And let's start out by talking to God, inviting him in, not that he needs an invitation. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all these people here today. Thank you that they came here today to hear more about you, to enjoy fellowship with one another, and that they came here just to spend time honoring you. Um, every day should be Father's Day with you, but uh, I'm just glad that they're here. I want to pray for a blessing over all of them. I pray that my words today would not be mine, but yours. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, the comic strip up here is uh, Calvin and Hobbes, and honestly, it's probably one of my favorite comics of all times, mostly because I am both Calvin and his father. Um, if you can't see it, I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you, and let me put my glasses on. It's one of the burdens of getting older than 40. <laughs> Just a little bit, though. So Calvin asks his dad, Dad, why do, my eyes sh why do my eyes shut when I sneeze? And his father answers, and this is kind of like the answer I probably made him up. If your lids weren't closed, the force of the explosion would blow your eyeballs out and stretch the optic nerve. So your eyes would flop around, and you would have to point them with your hands to see anything. And of course, he answers, gross. Then he asks his dad, how come you know so much? And he says, the father replies, it's all in the book you get when you become a father. <laughs> Wait a second. There's a book? There's a book that you get? Well, I didn't get a book. And you guys get a book? And he mother, well, maybe mom's got a book, and maybe it's just, you know, dads are just a small appendage in the back of that book. So I asked around, I found out moms don't get a book when they become a mom either. So, you know, there's supposed to be this book, and I don't know what that book is, but I never got it, and I don't think anybody else ever got it. Now, there are a lot of books written, and most of them are written by people that never had any kids in their life. So uh, you can basically use them in the wintertime to start your fire. <laughs> well... I'm sitting here, and as Kule said, uh, she introduced me, and it was a great introduction. Thanks, Kule. Um, but I have to ask a question. You might want to ask a question, you know, who is this guy? You don't know me from Adam. Well, I'm Pete, and sitting over there, or was sitting over there, Adam Wyatt was sitting over there for a minute, so now you know me from Adam. And I don't know where Adam, I don't know where Adam Richardson is, but you'll know him from, me from him as well. Well, as she said... I had 12 kids. 11 of them are still alive. My oldest is 42. You know him as the pastor of the, the Philippine Adventure. And my youngest is 18, and he's the, one of the good-looking redheads running around here. And yes, I am, I am the Ginger King. All hail the Ginger King, right? Well, I have 18 grandkids with three, still more, with three more still cooking. And today's June 18th, and June 18th has some big significance in my life. June 18th was, well, today, June 18th is my 33rd rebirth day. Um, yeah, yahoo, 33 years with the Lord, right? And a little bit somber, um, June 18th, 2008, my 12-year-old daughter, Rachel, was hit by a car, and after two weeks in the coma, went home to her Heavenly Father. 
So I do have a little bit of father experience. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I have the experience, and I'm hoping that, that God has used that experience to teach me a thing or two that I could bring to you folks this morning. Well, Father's Day is not just for men. I mean, we all had a father, right? Whether you're a boy or a girl, man or woman, you had a father, right? And um, I want to talk a little bit about right now about earthly fathers. And I want to be sensitive to those who've had bad experience with their fathers. Earthly fathers, some are evil, some are bad, some are absent, some are non-existent in your life, some are good, some are great, some are non-biological, and some were spiritual. But none were perfect. Not a single earthly father is perfect. Now I rate myself somewhere in the middle of that. And if you doubt that, and if you think there might be another rating for me, just ask my wife and kids later. And they, you're welcome to ask them. Just don't ask me with me. Or ask them with me around because I don't want to get into an argument this morning. <laughs> well, I was far from perfect. I know that. And quite honestly, I'm still learning. And any parent will tell you they are still learning, no matter what stage that is. And it comes in stages. But you learn all your life, and then when you stop learning is when you're either dead or you just don't care anymore. Yeah, that's a ooh, right? <laughs> well, being a parent, I had, actually, I had a uh, teacher, and he was an atheist, but one of the things he said to me is, being a parent, whether you're a father or a mother, is one of the hardest things to do in life. And it is. It's one of the hard, not the hardest thing, but it is one of the hardest things. Well... I used to have a problem with anger. And, and some might say, I still do, but we won't go there. <laughs> but um, God healed me a lot of that. But my anger usually came out when I had to fix something. Repairing a car or repairing a furnace. Let's put the next slide up. Where is it? I don't see it up there yet. Someone put the next slide up, please. Ah, there it is. That's me. <laughs> That story was written by, about me. It was a clinker, right? Well, I'm convinced that to this day, to this day, over Sandy City in the upper atmosphere, there is a tapestry woven by me, a tapestry of profanity. I, much to my shame, and I apologize for that, um, but I'm pretty sure it is up there. Um, a few years ago, there was a meme going around uh, on Facebook that said, you think your life was scary? I used to have to hold the flashlight for my dad. <laughs> and honestly, you, didn't, you don't know my dad, but that was true about my dad, and I think it might have been true about me. But the funny thing about that meme is, about the time that came out, I needed to have the rack and pinion uh, part of my steering on my truck replaced. And... Uh, the best mechanic I know, who happens to be related to me, um, worked for Larry H. Miller Dodge at the time, and he helped me put a new one in. And when I say he helped me, that's more like saying he did the work and I stood around and watched him. But at one point, as he was working on it, um, I needed to hold the flashlight for him. The irony was not wasted on either one of us. It was kind of amusing. Okay, so, next slide. Yeah, there we go. Exodus 20. Exodus 20, 12. And the commandments. One of the commandments God gives is, 
Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that your Lord God has given you. Now, let's look at this for a second. You may say, you may ask the question, well, how do I honor somebody that abused me? How do I honor somebody that was never around? How do I honor somebody that was not worth honoring? Well, here's the thing. This command is not predicated upon what your father did. This command is to you directly. It has nothing to do with what your father did or didn't do. It has everything to do with what you do. Well, then you can say, well, how can I honor somebody like that? What do I do to honor somebody like that? Well, here's what you do. You honor your heavenly father who is worthy of your honor. You honor him. You honor him by living your life by obeying his commandments. The Bible says, those who love me, obey me. And part of that love is honoring him. And part of the honoring him is loving him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And part of that is doing to others as they would do unto you. And part of that is loving your neighbor as yourself. And if you just do those three things, as Jesus said, all the rest comes through, and you are honoring, you live your life like that, you are honoring your heavenly Father, and by default, by default, you are honoring your, far, your, your earthly Father, your biological Father, regardless of whether they want that honor, whether they deserve that honor, or whether they um, need that honor. Some of them don't even care. Some of them may have died, and I apologize if your father died early in your life, or if your father ran out. I'm not apologizing for them. I'm apologizing for the pain that you have to feel going through that. And I don't want to make light of that at all because it is a painful thing. So you might ask some of these questions. Will I fail as a father? Yes, you will. Will I make mistakes? Yes, you will. My kids, will my kids turn out like me? Well, to some extent, yes, they will. It's, it's a proven fact. You learn from your environment, right? You become part of what your environment is. Um, am I as good as, enter the name, whatever name you want to put in there. Nope, you're not as good as him. Will my kids be damaged by my influence? Maybe yes, maybe no. Will I be or have I been as good or worse than my own father? Stop! You're asking the wrong questions. Those are not the questions you need to be asking. Well, then how am I supposed to be a father? How am I supposed to be a parent? Not just a father, but a parent. Well, we go to the Word of God, because the Word of God is what God gave us to learn about how to behave, how to react, how to be part of his family. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way they should go, so even when they are old, they will not depart from it. Well, let me make sure that you truly understand what that's saying there. It doesn't say train them up the way you think they should go. And it doesn't say train them up in the way you want them to go. It says train them up in the way that they should go. Well, what exactly does that mean? Well, that's part of being a parent is finding that out. Finding out by talking with them, by learning. You know, each of us were created with gifts that God gave us from the moment we were born. Now, there may be somebody, some, you might have children that want to follow in your footsteps. Wonderful. 
You might have children that don't want to have anything to do. Good grief, you know, another chemist in this world from, that, from Philadelphia? <laughs> oh, no way. Um, and there are, there are things that they may want to do that have nothing to do with your interests. But if their gifts are there, if you help them discover those gifts, and that, again, is part of being a parent, and help them learn what those gifts are, then you train them up in it. You, you train them up in the way that they should go. You got to be careful with that one because you're imperfect, they're imperfect. And, you know, kids, they, one minute they want to be a neurosurgeon, the next minute they want to, you know, scrub toilets. It doesn't matter, you know. But what does matter is your interaction with them. Is as a parent, you need to bring the child up in the way they should go. Um, Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And often we'll repeat that at baby dedications and that sort of thing. Sometimes it says the admonition, admonition of the Lord. All means the same thing. Well, no, I'm here to confess that I have failed that in the past. I have in the past, when I've been frustrated, when I haven't been able to figure out a way to go, um, and I've just been knocking my head against the wall with my kids, provoked them to anger. Because I wanted them to feel as angry as I felt. It was selfish, it was stupid, and it was childish. And I provoked them to anger. And I'm ashamed of that. And don't do that. I mean, the Bible clearly says, be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. Be slow to anger. And probably not exactly that order. And you can send me emails later about correcting my, <laughs> my quotes. And, and, and I will agree with you on that. Um, I'm not perfect. Um, but don't do that. Don't do that. It just makes them have ill will towards you. It makes them not want to come to you when they do have a serious problem. Well, I can't go to dad. That's just going to cr- criticize me, or he's going to get mad at me, or, or whatever. Or moms, too. You know, mom's in the same boat. I can't go to mom. Mom's just going to, you know, tell me I'm doing it wrong. Don't provoke them. Listen to them. And there are times when you have to be firm, and there are times when you're going to have to get strict with them, and there are times when you can gently guide them in the right direction. That's what he's trying to say there. Don't provoke them. Guide them. Sometimes firmly, sometimes gently. Sometimes you just got to step back, and I don't know how many of you will say, well, you've told your kids a thousand million times to do something a certain way. They don't listen. They come back from Chase's great sermon one day. Guess what Chase told us? This is great stuff. Chase told me this. I've been telling you that for the past 20 years. (laughs) Don't let that make you angry. It's going to happen. It's just the way it is. Love them, love them, love them. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Well, wait a second. What's that got to do with anything? That's husband and wives. What's that got to do with, with, with being a father or a mother? Well, you're always being watched. You are always being watched. And not just by your own either, by people around you, people in the supermarket, people in school, wherever you are, you are being watched. Um, Be the desired example. You know, my dad was a very angry person, and maybe that's where I picked some of that up from. He was uh, a tired, overworked, very angry person, and, you know, he was a harsh, 
harsh disciplinarian. Um, maybe probably some of his discipline would have put him, landed him in jail in today's day. But um, one thing is for sure, my, my brother and sisters and I don't agree on, well, almost everything. Um, but one thing you can ask them, ask any of them, hands down, dad always loved mom and mom loved dad. Dad got that one right. 100%, he got that one right. Um, and part of my honoring to him is to thank him for getting that right because he was my example. Dad always loved mom, mom always loved dad. But you never knew who sees that. You know, it could be your friends coming over, your kids' friends that came over. It could be your own friends coming over. It could be in the supermarket, somewhere else, in church, everywhere, you're being watched. Well, an amusing but somewhat embarrassing story. A few years back, we were babysitting our grandkids, Carly and Lexi, um, who, by the way, they own, they have the key to my heart. It's in their possession, right? Um, and Carly was about two or three, very smart, very precocious little girl, and she was learning to express herself and learning to use sentences in a way that communicates. Well, okay, again, this is a little bit embarrassing for me, but I'm going to relate it to you. Um, back in my angrier phases, um, she was around the house. I didn't know she was there, staying there at the time, and the dogs were bothering me. No, don't get me wrong, the dogs always bother me. But at this particular time, um, the dogs were bothering me about something or another, and they were bugging me. And I did whatever I did. And then I said what I thought was under my breath, those darn dogs. Only I didn't use the word darn. I used the other D word, the one that holds back water word. Um, so a couple days later, I found out that Carly was at home, and she has this um, kind of bothersome cat. And I don't know which one that one was. Jake and, and Megan can tell you that. By the way, just as an aside, see these socks? Peanut butter and jelly. I got them from Christmas from Jake and Megan, and I think Carly and Lexi might have had a hand in picking them out. But they're my favorite socks. But anyway, Carly, back to Carly. Carly was being bugged by a cat. Now, she's three, and who knows why the cat was bothering her, but she was being bugged. And what did she say? Those darn dogs. And again, she did not use the word darn. Jake and Megan were kind of a little bit amused by it. I pretended to be amused, but inside I was horrified <laughs> because there was only one place where she got that one from. <laughs> well, I've had a lot of mentors in my life. I've had uh, very few people that I call spiritual fathers. And there's one guy, many of you know him and Probably many of you don't know him. He passed away. He and his wife passed away a few years back. And he used to be a greeter. And he had one of the kindest faces on any person I ever knew. And every Sunday, he would greet me coming through the door. And he was, his name is Doug Pillow, for those who are wondering. I'm sure many of you remember him. Doug Pillow would say, how's Pete doing today? And often as not, I'd say, I'm doing pretty good. And he said, well, praise God. That's great. You have a great Sunday and move on. But there were times when I'd come in and I wasn't doing great. And I'd say to Doug, because Doug had that kind, genuine, loving face, and if you want to put it, his spirit was a loving, kind spirit. He would say, how are you doing today? How's Pete doing today? 
And I'd say, I'm not doing so great, Doug. He would stop what he was doing right then and there, take me aside and pray for me. He would pray for me. And his prayer was genuine. It wasn't because he felt like he had to do it, that it was his job to do it. It was because he loved me. I miss him. Doug always wore Hawaiian shirts. Now, I love Hawaiian shirts. If my body would allow me, I'd wear them all year long. Doug wore them all year round. Um, And now I love them even more because they're like a personal homage, a personal honoring to someone I considered my spiritual father. And I will know that one day I will walk through the doors and he's not going to say, how's how's Pete doing? Because he's going to know how I'm doing um, because I'll be there with him. To, in the long run, I just want to, you don't know who might be watching you. You don't know who your spiritual father might be. You don't know who might be looking at you. And you don't know how the, the image that you're giving to kids around you. And part of loving your wife, full circle here, is loving her and loving your children. Well, Abba Adonai. A few months back, we studied the the names of God. And Adonai has always rung true with me. Adonai is the Hebrew word for Lord. And it just doesn't mean Lord. It means Lord, the one Lord. And Abba is Hebrew for father, but is used as an intimate title like dad or daddy. And it denotes relationship. I just love saying father, Abba, daddy, pop. Lord, I was going to entitle this talk, Who's Your Daddy? <laughs> but that didn't sit right with me because, you know, it just, it just didn't sound respectful. <laughs> so that one was a wash. I cut that one out. That one got uh, highlighted with a black marker, right? But Abba Adonai, it just rolls off my tongue. And it gives me this wonderful feeling. And it may not for you, but for me it does. Because it acknowledges my relationship with him. He's my Abba. He's my dad. He's my pop. But it also gives me that who is he is Lord God Almighty. And it's not by my choice that he's Abba Adonai. But it's by his choice. It's his choice that he is Abba Adonai. And wow, wow, I am the child of the creator of the universe. And our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father is deserving of our honor 24-7, 365 times a year. And the Bible is our guide to tell us how we are to be fathers and mothers and parents and how to honor God. Now, God talks of himself in the, as the position of a father not as much in the Old Testament. It's only about approximately 15 times in the Old Testament. You can go back and do the check. I may have gotten that number wrong. It's okay. It's close enough. Give or take two or three, right? Well, the first time he considers himself a father is in Exodus 4.22. 
And he's talking to Moses, and God says to him, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord Israel, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your firstborn son. Bam! Wow! Protection, right? There's a dad's protecting his kids. There's a father. He's saying, Don't mess with my kids. Because you mess with my kids, you're in big trouble. It's not an excuse for being overprotective. This is just God talking. He's claiming Israel as his, as his children. Well, in Psalm 89, and unfortunately something happened weird, weird with my, so I'm going to have to do a little bit of reading off my paper because it got cut off in my, it didn't get cut off in my, my laptop, but it got cut off in my iPad. But in Psalm 89, um, God, in that particular one, um, God is talking about David. He says, he shall cry to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I'm sorry, this is verse 26. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love I will keep for him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever, and his throne as the days of the heavens. So if his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But, and here's the kicker, verse 33, it's my favorite part of this, but I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. Steadfast love. Steadfast means uncompromising. Steadfast means unyielding. Steadfast means unchanging no matter what. And this is Almighty God, the creator of the universe, saying that his love is steadfast and he will not be false. He will not be untrue to his faithfulness. And to this day, he has not. For thousands and thousands of years, he has been, his love has been steadfast and he is not, and he's been faithful. How many of us can say that? But it is a target to reach, right? Well, so then we move along into the New Testament. The New Testament is where it all comes together, right? Because Christ, because God, who knew we could not pay the debt for our sins, came and became one of us. God, Father became God the Son onto the on to the cross. He died and was rose again after three days. Romans 8 captures all that. It's like the pinnacle, the first part of Romans, the, the, the what is it called? The climax of Romans, uh, the first eight chapters. And in chapter 14, or chapter 8, verse 14, he says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Oh, come on, put some feeling into that. Abba, Father, Abba, Adonai, right? Abba, Father. This, thank you. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Who is he bearing witness not to, not to God, because he is God, right? Does he need to bear witness to himself? No. He spares with, an, with our spirit. He spares witness to our minds and our hearts, which are so easily corruptible, that we can depend on this, that we are indwelled. 
when we have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we are indwelled by His Spirit. And that Spirit will guide us. And that Spirit is what's going to teach us how to honor God and how to be a parent. And so as such, the world will know, because the Spirit is testifying, that we are children. We are no longer just His creation. We are His children. And He is our Father. Not by our will, not by our choice, but by His. No greater love, right? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, 12 times Jesus refers to God as your Father, your Heavenly Father, or Father in Heaven. Abba Adonai. Well, as fathers, we represent... Okay, go to the next slide. Thank you. Um, as fathers, we, rep, we represent, and as mothers too, by the way, because we were both all created in, in, in God's image, right? We represent God the Father to our children. Back up. What did I just say? We represent God the Father to our children. No, 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 no. I'm, yeah, I'm not qualified for that, right? Anybody here qualified to represent God the Father? Well, guess what? Too bad he chose you. You're chosen. So how can we do that? How do we possibly represent almighty God, creator of all things, the source of all love and all grace and, by the way, all justice? Um, how can we represent that to our children? How do we do it? Well, two ways. Well, two ways together. The Holy Spirit, that God himself indwelling us, and his word are given to us to teach us, including and especially how he wants to be represented to our children, his children, as their father. John 15, 26, Jesus tells us when the helper comes, the helper being the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. We're talking about being fathers and mothers, being parents. Who are we initially bearing witness to? I heard somebody say it. Our children, right, our kids. Our kids. We look at the way, if you look at the New Testament, look how the, how the church is established. It's established first with the family unit, right? Well, part of the family unit is our kids, I hope. Um, yeah, they better be, because you'll answer to God for that one. And, but we have a forgiving God, don't we? Well, what is our take home from this? Don't compare yourself to other fathers. You can't do it. Why? Because each father and each mother, each parent is on their own road. They're on their own road. Their kids are unique. Their path is unique. Don't compare yourself to them. Who do you compare yourself to then? Well, you compare yourself to Almighty God, right? I know that seems like impossible. Why can't, how can I possibly compare? How can you? Well, what does it say in Genesis? What did Genesis say to each other? What did he say? Genesis 1.26. Anybody know that one? Let us do what? Make who? Oh, come on. Make man, right? I'm sorry, I shouldn't. Make man in our image. That's what Genesis 1.26. So, we can. We're in his image. We are in his, yeah, we're fallen and all that stuff. So don't expect to be a perfect father. You can't. You cannot be a perfect father or mother 
You can't, but you can do your best and you can go. Don't be prideful. Don't be prideful. If you make a mistake, own up to it and ask for forgiveness. And if it's with your kids, own up to it. Don't tell <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be. When I was a kid, you know, my father did this and I walked 10 miles over broken glass, lived in a septic tank, and the next morning had to get up every day and work 42 hours a day uphill in the snow. And at night, I come home and my dad would thrash us to sleep with a bottle. Oh, but we loved that, didn't we? Those were the days. What? If there's one gift that every father is given with, it's a gift of blarney. I would, or I, should I say bovine excrement? Should I, can I say that? Um, yeah, yeah, we're full of it. And we're full of it from the get-go. That's in the book that we get when we become a father. Thou shalt be excellent at coming up with nonsense to tell your kids. <laughs> right? Okay, well... Make sure your children know that you love them and care about them and whatever that is and whatever that takes. If it comes to a point, don't make promises that you can't keep. And if it comes, situation is what they are. We live in a hard world. We live in an unfair place. And sometimes you end up breaking your promises. Go to them and apologize to them and don't make it a habit of breaking promises. Your children will forgive you your children will come at some point in their life to understand why those promises were broken. And if it takes them to the point where they have kids too to understand that, then let that happen. Make sure that they know you love them and care about them. And here's the toughest one of all. This is the toughest one of all. Forgive your, fa- forgive your father for the mistakes that he made. Your mother too, depending on where we're at. Forgive them. Not because they need it, not, but you do. You need that. You need to forgive your parents for the mistakes they made. Don't hang on to that. Don't let the mistakes of your parents ruin your life and guide your life for the rest of your life. And as hard as that might be, and it is hard, I'm not going to make light of that at all. It is hard to forgive a parent that has made mistakes. Forgive them anyway because God commands it, forgive them. And your life will be easier, I promise you. Again, it's not, and you might have to do that often, and you might have to do it, and you might have a parent that keeps making those same mistakes over and over and over again. Forgive them anyway. Forgive them anyway. Don't let that bitter root, don't give that devil a foothold to change your life into bitterness and regret and resentment. Because if you have children that will transfer there, don't let that happen. Forgive them. Well, I got to tell you, the toughest thing is the pressure of coming up with dad jokes. You know, I had a dream the other day about being a muffler, and I woke up exhausted. (laughs) But seriously anybody here today, if you have not invited Christ into your life, please, as a matter of fact, if there are prayer warriors here, would you please come up front here and um, come up and invite Jesus into your life. Talk to these folks up here. 
They want to talk to you. They want, and, if, and if what you want to do is renew your relationship with your Heavenly Father, you've been walking away, come on up. Please come up. Do not leave here today without an original relationship with our Lord God, with your Lord God, who wants to. He wants that relationship with you. He wants to be not your, just your creator, but your Father as well. And He wants you to set aside the pains. And He wants to heal you of the hurts and the pain and all the things that came upon you of living the life that you had to live. Please come up and talk to these folks. Talk to me. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for putting up with me. And I hope you all have a wonderful Father's Day. 